you're listening to a message from Kaleo Phoenix, a church plant in downtown Phoenix that creates space for people to practice the ways of Jesus together. Wow, thanks everyone for being here and thank you Aaron and all of you for the privilege of just joining you on Father's Day and Juneteenth. Oh, I've been thinking a lot about Juneteenth because I was sharing with some people, you know, here in the West and the Midwest, people knew about Juneteenth. There was a tradition of celebrating it, but I have to confess that I'm an East Coast person. And so um, we didn't, not only did we not know about Juneteenth when I was coming up, Of course it wasn't in the history books. Y'all don't act surprised. It wasn't in the history books, as is much of our history. But also, um, we got the word first. (laughs) So, you know how it is when you get something first. It's like whoever gets the first slice of cake gets the biggest hunk and uh, worry about the rest of folks later. So, no, really, uh, in in reality, though, um, we didn't know what we didn't know. And I wanted to look at Juneteenth from a different perspective. Um, First of all, everybody wasn't set free. So I wanted to go back to see what the intent was. And I got a transcript of the Emancipation Proclamation. No, I'm not gonna read the whole thing. Um, But there was something about that. So I'm one of those people who, for me, every foundation has a genesis, has a beginning. Everything starts with something. And usually, by the time we get it, it's never like it was supposed to be. So I'm thinking, you know, this is probably what happened. So I did go to the Smithsonian and I found the transcript of the Emancipation Proclamation because I wanted to see what Lincoln really intended. Okay, and let me know, let you know, of course, those of us who have studied it know that he never intended that everybody was going to be free. Um, But I I wanted, I don't want to start this without scripture because I'm in a church. All right. And I thought about my favorite part of the Bible, which is the first chapter of Genesis, because to me, that always talks to me about what God planned and what his intentions are. So for me, you know, as a, how many of you in here are are parents? Okay, so so you you have an intention. When when you had that kid, it doesn't matter um, what the kid wanted. You had a plan for that kid, you know, and, and you even spoke over that child what that child was going to be, even if you didn't do it right. Every, every beginning has a plan of some kind. Um, and, and even those of us who accidentally got to be parents, I'm one of those, I confess. But when that child was born, I gave them a name that I thought they would live up to. And I had a perspective and a vision for what I thought they would be. So I went to Genesis, cause see that's, that's my daddy. 
I never knew the one who was on my birth certificate, really. And, and it turned out, at the age of uh, 79, I found out that he wasn't real either, <laughs> that I'm, I'm the product of another dad. So, so even that didn't make any difference. The only dad I could count on was the one in the word. Okay, so, so I wanted to see what he wants to say. So I went there to find out what God has to say. And so he, in the beginning, so my favorite passage of that is uh, God said, let us make man in our image. And all of us want these little people like to look like us. And, and we're flashing pictures on Facebook and say, who does this look like? Right? Okay. And so God says, let's make man in our image and after our likeness. And Here's the plan. They'll have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, cattle, all the earth, over everything, every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And this is the King James Version, for those of you who've forgotten. And so God created Yahweh. I know there's so many versions. And that I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female. In the beginning, the before the fall, male and female, got that? Okay. And then so um, that part, that was God's plan. That when he created mankind, male and female were created together in his mind, in his plan. All right. And they, they were going to have dominion together. Silence. Y'all got, you got a silent church? Oh, okay, y'all can talk back to me. I'm a Pentecostal. And, and I'm used to amen and uh, say that, and all right? And if you don't agree, then you can be quiet. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, so then I went to Genesis 2 because the, the, the 16th and 17th uh, verses of Genesis chapter 2, this is before the fall, y'all, because that's in 3. So... God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Still before the fall, right? And, and the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, these are the, I know this is the King James Version, eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Then comes the mess, the conversation with the serpent. And here's the thing. You heard, I just read the original of what God said, right? So then Eve has a conversation with the serpent and, and he plants this little seed no, I'm not blaming Eve, ladies. Take that frown off your face. I don't believe that. All right? But here's the thing. There are seeds of doubt that are sown into every truth. Think about it. You think about your news today. Think about everything that you yourself know to be true that somebody else has given you a different version. That's why I talked about the versions of the Bible. Okay? So... So, so there are seeds of doubt that are sown into every bit of truth into mankind's thinking. So here's Eve talking to the serpent in Genesis 3, uh, verse 2. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. 
But of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Thou shalt not eat of it. Now watch this. Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Did you hear that in the first part? About touching it? It wasn't mentioned. And I started thinking, now did she add that? Because it was her own creativity being made in the image and likeness of God. We have creativity. We, we think things and we create things and we can think and speak things into existence, right? So I'm wondering, did she do this? Or was this something that, that uh, God said and we just don't have the record? Whatever it is, it looks like it's an embellishment to me. And so I'm thinking, girl, you didn't have to add that. <laughs> you know? So, so here's an addition. So then I went to the proclamation, okay? Because I wanted to see, what did Lincoln say about freeing, um, emancipating the slave? First of all, it was a military tactic. It had absolutely nothing to do with his love for black enslaved people who were chattel, chattel slavery, not uh, enslaved like they are today because it's still going on. But... They, they were pieces of property. And so he did this proclamation, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but um, I'm reading an excerpt, and he's saying, on the first, this first day of January, in the year of our Lord, 1863, and in accordance with my purpose, so do publicly proclaim for the full period of 100 days from the day first above mentioned, and that was uh, um, September, order and designate as the states and parts of states wherein the people thereof respectively are this day in rebellion against the United States, the following to wit. Okay, so now check it out. He's saying these are the places where they're going to be set free. It is not everywhere. Because at the time he's talking about it, there are people enslaved in New York, in New Jersey, in Massachusetts, in Pennsylvania. Okay, so don't even think it's just those southern states. But understand that slavery was throughout the, United, the known United States at that time. But here's what he, he outlines. Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana. But even in Louisiana, it's not everybody in Louisiana except the parishes of, and then he lists St. Bernard, Plaquemines, Jefferson, St. John, St. Charles, St. James, Ascension, Assumption, Terrebonne, Lafourche, St. Mary, St. Martin, and Orleans, including the city of New Orleans. Now, guess what? That's a large chunk of change right there that are being excluded from this emancipation. Now, an eman a proclamation in that days is the same thing as an executive order now. And what happens with executive orders when a new president gets in town or a new group comes in order, in, in power? They fight to get rid of it, don't they? Because it's not according to what they want. So that's the reason for the 13th Amendment because they had to scramble real quick to get a 13th Amendment to make this legal, to make it binding in some way. Now, again, we're talking about interpretation. So I want to stick with this interpretation because now we're going to talk about uh, 
yeah, so <laughs> he just, he says, well, West Virginia and the counties of Berkeley and all the other places where they had enslaved folks, they were excluded. Okay. And so then by virtue of the power for the purpose aforesaid, blah, 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 blah. But his intention, you be careful when you add God's name to something. Okay? That might not have been in his plan. But, but, but Lincoln made this final, final statement. I, and I recommend to them that in all cases, when allowed, they labor faithfully for reasonable wages. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that because it gets messed up a little bit later. Somebody been studying. <laughs> All right, so, so here's, here's, here's what, how he ends the proclamation of emancipation. And upon this act, sincerely believed to be an act of justice, warranted by the Constitution, upon military necessity, I invoke the considerate judgment of mankind, watch this, and the gracious favor of almighty God. <laughs> there you go. Don't call on God because in Genesis 1.31, he said everything he did was very good. So in the beginning, everybody was free. In the beginning, everybody was healthy. In the beginning, there was not going to be any death. In the beginning, when God created things, it was going to be all right. Okay? And there were no ethnicities, divisions. There was just one blood, one couple, one people. All right? So, so that's where I stake my claim. That in the beginning, everything was very good. And Lincoln had the nerve to put God's name in there. And once you do that, guess what? God is engaged. It doesn't matter what your intention was. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. The reason we're still fighting the Civil War today is because people don't believe God had a plan. And they don't believe that the plan was the justice that was called on in the Emancipation Proclamation. And so then we had to go around. And so here's again, I got, I got excited when I started looking at this stuff because um, Seward was a really good Secretary of State. He really did literally transcribe that very well. But he didn't free the four million men, women, and children held in slavery in the United States. It only applied to enslaved people in the Confederacy, except those I just mentioned. Think about that. That was only a few hundred thousand folks, not four million. I ain't mad about it, because I know who I am. Now here's the thing I want to share with you. Along comes Major General Gordon Granger. Two years later, he arrives in Texas at Galveston, and he reads this order. Because you see, some of the folks, and I can say this, I can really attest to this. Oh, by the way, how many of you have, uh, have ever gone to the Smithsonian? Okay, have you seen the pictures of the Civil War soldiers and stuff? 
Have you seen any black people? There were over 300,000, I think it was, or maybe, maybe less, uh, African descendant Civil War Union soldiers. And none of them appeared in any of the pictures that were in the press today. That's why even in today's press, you don't see the good stuff. You don't see the blended stuff. You don't see the diversity like you should see it because um, it's, I hate to say this word, but it's a whitewashed history. Um, I know for sure because I have relatives, I've done my genealogy, I found them, I found their, their Civil War service records in the Union Army. U.S. Colored Troop 33, yes! Okay, so, so I'm just saying to you that you need to understand that there's a perspective on every piece of our history that those of us who have not gotten the whole history don't understand. And so it keeps us divided. And that's not at all what God had in mind. And I will show you that in a little bit. Okay, but so he comes along, Gordon comes along, and Gordon Granger comes along, and he reads General Order Number 3. Now, I don't know if this came about because of the handling of all the refugees or the freedmen's issues or all the stuff they had to deal with. I have no idea why this man decided to add on to the proclamation, but he did. And so I'm just going to read the portion that he added on. So the people in Texas are informed that in accordance with the proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. Lie, right? We just read the other part, right? Okay, that's first lie. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and property. Y'all ain't caught me yet? Between former masters and slaves and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. Now, here's the add-on that gets us into new kind of chattel slavery called sharecropping. The freedmen are advised, as if this is part of the proclamation now, he's reading this, are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts. See, that's probably because they were unable to handle all of the needs. Okay, convenience. Don't we do that? With, we we want to be convenient. We don't, we don't want to be uh, put out. You were talking about serving as Jesus served. Serving, being the hands and feet of Jesus out in the community. Taking care of those who are vulnerable. Feeding the hungry. Clothing the naked. Uh, finding the sick and visiting the incarcerated. Those are the hands and feet of Jesus. When he talked about that passage in, in Isaiah, when he co confessed that in the temple, that the spirit of the Lord was upon him to set the captive free. That's what Jesus was talking about. And so, but he says they are informed they, they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. Idle people who have been working from childhood. 
your first job came along when you were about five years old and you got the privilege of carrying water in the fields. Come on now. Idle? And people from that point on came the slave codes, the black codes, where, where you couldn't stay uh, at a corner more than a few minutes without being arrested and you would be in a chain gang and there you would do labor for free. What does that look like? So I'm not angry. I promise you, oh, it was just 160 volunteers that were recorded, okay? That doesn't count the people who came along and, and cooked and cleaned in the camps and took care of the sick and all that. That doesn't even count the women, okay? So years later, they had a gathering of Civil War veterans on both sides, okay? And here's a glimpse of what it should be now and what it should have been from that point on. This is a sound recording that's at the Smithsonian. For those of you who've been there, you might have heard it. It was uh, covered by NBC News in 1938. Overton Minette, Commander-in-Chief of the Grand Army of the Republic, the leading union veterans organization, declares to the sound of ceremonial cannon fire, let us be an example to the nations of the earth that the deepest hate can be resolved into love and tolerance. And then following him, the Reverend John M. Claypool, Claypool the Commander-in-Chief of the United Confederate, Confederate Veterans Draws, I have to forgive my brother here for anything that may have occurred between us. We can't hold anything against each other. Now, I drawled because my folks are from the South, and this man was supposed to be, so I just did that. But let me say to you that the spirit that they were trying to convey was talking about reconciliation. It was talking about love. It was talking about unity, okay? Which leads me to my point. Jesus who is my point, pray to prayer. Now, I believe all of you are in here because you believe that Jesus is the Christ. If you believe that, we are one, all right? We're, we're already unified if you believe that much, okay? Now, I know there are some who say they believe it, but this next part will challenge them. In John 17, another of my favorite passages, Jesus is praying for those who would believe, the disciples, those that God had sent to him. I don't, I, I, can you call yourself a disciple? Do you study what Jesus did? Do you want to follow and do what Jesus did? I heard your pastor say that, that that's the purpose of Kaleo. And so for me, that is my, my breathing, my, my breath, my food, my drink is to do the will of him who saved me. And so Jesus is praying for us. And I take that prayer to this day to for now. And he's saying, sanctify them through thy truth. 
And what's truth? Thy word is truth. Not my word, not my opinion, not my interpretation, and not my add-on through my own perspective for my convenience. Do you see? Because what we saw in the earlier part for, from Eve, okay, trying to get out of punishment, and, 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 and from, from, from the general, um, trying to make sure that those folks got held in bondage somehow, because by then, it was, folks were really mad because they were losing their free labor. Um, he was trying to somehow placate those that were losing their free labor. And so he was trying to make sure that, you know, they could get what they wanted for almost nothing. So I, I didn't modify this. I didn't write it. I'm so glad I didn't write it. I'm so glad I, did. I just took it verbatim because I believe every word, even the translations, okay? Unfortunately, we have so many, and they've all been interpreted through certain lenses that aren't necessarily the lenses of the day, but they're the lenses of this day. <laughs> and so they're, they're meant to make it easier for us to read and understand, and sometimes they're misinterpreted. I'm not going to say which ones. I don't have a favorite. And I don't even trust King James. All right? I don't. And, and the reason I don't trust King James is because I've been to the slave castles. All right. So here's Jesus praying. Sanctify them through thy truth. I wish that I could. And, and this is where the Holy Ghost comes in, y'all. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because my heart's desire is to hear directly from God. And no matter what's written on this book, when I read this book, he tells me what I should be doing and obeying. And he tells me when I am listening to his word and I am hearing in prayer and not talking and telling him what I want, but listening to what he tells me. And so when Jesus is praying, I can... I, he knows he's going to die. He knows what his purpose is. And we who are here in this life, at this time, in this era, in this climate, in this culture, we need to know what our purpose is. We need to know why we're here and why we're breathing and why we're doing what we're doing. And here is my reason. Sanctify them. Set them aside. Make them special. Clean them up through your word. Because your word is the truth. And as you've sent me into the world, so I have sent them. So we're not to be afraid to be among those who don't look like us, talk like us, think like us, act like us, believe like us. We're free to do that. One of the things we don't recognize is that we have been free since Genesis chapters 1 and 2. We are free people, and if we would just believe what that part says, nothing could be withheld from us. Nothing could stop us from doing this part right here. And he says, and for their sakes I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone. Huh? So here some of us come along but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. 
Here it is, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world, the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me, I've given them. You don't have, listen, that was glorious in this place a little bit ago. While we were worshiping and, 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 and we called it black gospel. It was just gospel. It was gospel. And if you could get caught up in the main meaning and the word and, and the feeling and, and the energy of that worship, it's all worship is gospel. And it, it doesn't matter who, pointed, who, who penned the, the lyrics or who wrote the notes. It doesn't matter who's singing the song. What matters is we're together as one. And we're worshiping the one true and living God. Oh, God help me. And the glory that you gave me, I have given them. You should think of yourself as glorious. Everywhere you go, every step that you take, you take to the glory of God because you own it. He gave you dominion over everything in the first chapter. And he gave you power to speak and create in the first chapter. And he did not divide you by gender, he did not divide you by ethnicity because there was only one blood. And right now, there's only a few types and anybody can donate. It doesn't matter what you look like. If you need a pint of blood and it's not, it's not your type, you can't use it. But if you get somebody that's a universal donor, O negative or whatever, you know what? You happy to get it and you don't care what they look like. We're one blood. We are one people. I don't care where you migrated from. I don't care where your ancestors came from. And I don't even care where mine came from, except I'm trying to find them. And if they hadn't hidden them, I'd be all right. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the only, man gets in the way of God's plan. And every time he gets in the way of God's plan, he complicates the issue and we are prevented from being one. And so the anger that we're seeing in the world today, the pain that's being inflicted today, the fear that's being generated today is because we don't know who we are and it is not defined by who we ascend or descend from. It is defined by the God who created us. We are one people, unified. That is what Juneteenth is about. It's about the unity of the body that would set the captive free for real, real justice. Lincoln invoked God's name and God took over. And because God took over, that's why stuff is being unearthed today. That's why stuff is being unearthed. Bodies are being discovered, hidden um, um, uh, buildings built over graves. All of that's coming to life. All the DNA that's going on, all the things that are being discovered today, the hidden history is being written and being told and talked about. Why? Because God is not the author of confusion. 
God is a God of truth. He's a God of light. He'll bring everything to light that's done in darkness. Woo. I didn't know I was going to do that. But I'm going to tell you something. If we don't stand for truth, if we don't stand for unity, we will be destroyed. We see it happening every day. People are just waiting for an opportunity to have an excuse to destroy the church, to destroy the people of God, to say they ain't about nothing. See, they don't even know how to get along with each other. They're always talking about love and, and, and caring about somebody. And here they are talking about uh, they don't have no right to worship. They don't have no right to be on this street. and They don't have no right to walk down this street. How dare they? People need to understand that we are and need to be always one people, not caring just for the people inside the walls of where we worship, but caring for every living soul because every living soul is an image bearer of the face of God. God has called us to unify. God has called us to be one in him. He has called us to set the captives free. And we have to start with us. Whatever your bias is, whatever your thing is, whatever you think you know about other people that you haven't researched and learned for sure, that is not the truth. Get it out and start learning because there's so much to know. And there's so much to learn. And once you, you can't hate anybody you learned about. If you really want to know who they are, it's hard to stand against them. I have had conversations with people who swear they can't stand black people. And they talk to me. I'm like, you do know I'm black, right? <laughs> but you're different. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not different. Oh, but you, you speak well. So that's just a product of where I grew up. Understand, there are no throwaway people. Not one soul is to be thrown away. Everyone is precious. I don't know how long I've been up here, but I think, I think it's time for me to shut up. But before I shut up, I want to leave you with this. If you don't know your purpose, yeah, come on up, uh, praise. Girl, I can listen to y'all all night. <laughs> I want to leave you with this. God is not the author of confusion. And he's not pleased with division. Jesus spoke. And he told you himself, he says, the words that I speak, they're not mine. And I'm going to say the same thing. The words I'm speaking, they're not mine. They're the words of God. Jesus spoke his daddy's words. And he said what his daddy wanted him to say. And he said he took no ownership. I take no ownership of anything I've shared with you today. But I've learned that there's always a plan in God's mind, and it very seldom lines up with ours. So we have to look at God. 
be who God called you to be. And it ain't about who you come from. It's not about your money. It's not about your power. It's not about your gender. It's not about your ethnicity. It's not about your country. It's not even about your friends. It's all about God. God bless you. Amen. For more resources or information about Kaleo, please visit our website at kaleophx.com or follow us on social media. If this episode has been helpful to you, let us know or share it with someone you know.